Today on Lessons for Living, the teaching ministry of Mark Ballmer, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne in Melbourne, Florida. You can picture Peter when Mary came in and she said, the angel said Jesus is alive and he wanted me to come and tell all the disciples. And he looked, Mary looked right at Peter and said, and Peter, he wanted me to tell you specifically. Wow. Do you mean I can have a second chance? You mean after what I did? Is there hope that I'll have a second chance? Yes. See, Peter needed a new beginning. Peter needed forgiveness of his sins. Christian, try to recall a time when you were really confident about your own character or the way you would act in a certain situation. Maybe you heard about someone else's behavior and thought, I would never do that. As we'll hear today, that kind of cockiness can lead you to exactly what you plan not to do because you're relying on your own strength to do it. In your own human weakness, you could never live righteously. By taking on Jesus' righteousness, you're gifted with the strength to take on everything that the world throws at you. You can rise up and meet those challenges with God's power propelling you forward. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now let's join Pastor Mark in the Gospel of Mark, chapter 16, verse 1, for part one of our message entitled, New Beginnings. Now, there was a fisherman named Sam who every day when he went out caught more fish than anybody else. He would come back in the evening with a boat full of fish. Everybody else had two or three. Now, the game warden had been watching this for a while, and he became very suspicious. So one day at the end of a day, he said to Sam, Sam, I want to know how you can come back every day with all these fish, and hardly anybody else has any. How is that possible? Sam said, if you really want to know, I'll just take you out with me tomorrow. I'll show you my technique, how it is. The next day came, the warden got in the boat, Sam, they went out to his favorite place of the lake. The warden sat back and was going to watch the technique of Sam. Actually, Sam's method was pretty straightforward. Sam took a stick of dynamite. He lit it, and he threw it in the water. The explosion was so great that it rocked the lake and hundreds of fish dead floated to the top. The warden watched simply as Sam took his net and loaded his boat. He was livid. You mean every day that's what you've been doing? This is illegal. What is wrong with you? He said, Sam, I'm going to throw the book at you so great. You're not going to have any money. Those fines... You won't even be able to buy matches to light another stick of dynamite. Now, while he was ranting and raving and fussing and whatever, Sam took another stick of dynamite, and he lit it, and he threw it in the warden's lap. And here's what he said to the warden. Are you going to sit here complaining all day, or are you going to join me fishing? 
In an instant, the warden went from a spectator to a very active participant. That's what we hope will happen to you this morning. Then in our service, you'll go from a person that's just here to participating, to understand what's going to happen. Life is filled with choices. The warden had a choice. Fish or fish. Every one of us will have a choice before we leave. You'll make a choice. Now to help you, as we turn to Mark chapter 16, to help you put yourself into our situation today, I want you to go back with me 2,000 years ago. And we're going to do as you see here. We're going to really take ourselves and we're going to immerse ourselves in the text. And you don't have to do this, but as an example, we're going to take our shoes off this morning, you know, socks and pants and all that jazz, and we're going to put on Peter's sandals. We're going to look at the life of Peter, see what happened in his life and how he responded to the resurrection. Let's pick it up at chapter 16, verse 1. Now, when the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome brought spices so that they might go to anoint Jesus' body. And very early on the first day of the week, just after sunrise, they were on their way to the tomb, and they asked each other, who will roam the stone away from the entrance of the tomb? But when they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had been rolled away. And as they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe, an angel, sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. Don't be alarmed, the angel said. You're looking for Jesus the Nazarene who was crucified. I know who you're looking for. Well, he is risen. He is not here. And pointing to the empty tomb, he said, see the place where they laid him. Now that you've seen the place where they've laid him, verse 7 says, But go and tell his disciples and Peter, He is going ahead of you into Galilee, and there you will see him just as he told you. Now we knew from the Easter story that Mary, at the, after this particular time with the angels, did exactly what the angel told her. She went back and told the disciples what had taken place. That an angel said that Jesus had risen from the dead, and John and Peter run to the tomb. On our story, John gets there ahead of Peter because John is writing this. And in his book, he mentions for sure he got there first. Actually, it's just because he was younger than Peter. And they see the empty tomb. They go in, they see the cocoon. They look at all this and they go, well, Jesus isn't here. We know he's risen, but where's his body? So they leave John with more faith in Peter. And they go back to Jerusalem, still bewildered. A little faith but not sure what happened. Now they go back to Jerusalem, but really they should have been 70 miles north in Galilee because Jesus, would, before he died, he says, after I'm resurrected, I'll meet you in Galilee. They're at the wrong place. Look at verse 7. Why did the angel say this? Go and tell his disciples and Peter. Why didn't the angel say, well, go and tell John or James? Or one of the other 12 disciples. Why didn't why did they use the name Peter? Well, Peter's name was there because of some things that happened to Peter during the time when Jesus was crucified. You remember Peter. Peter was one of the 12 disciples. About three and a half years before, he'd been called to become a disciple. He watched Jesus do all kinds of miracles, and during that time, 
Something began to show in Peter's life. It's common to you and I. A character flaw began to show early on. We all have them. Peter had a glaring one. You see, Peter thought he could live the Christian life in his own strength. Peter was prideful. He had self-confidence. He was the one that could live this life. He was above ever stumbling spiritually. He would never fall back. Now, you know, one night at the Last Supper, Peter said something after Jesus said this. Jesus said, all 12 of you will desert me. And Peter went, whoa, 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 wait a minute. In the terms of today, Peter said this, Jesus, I'm the man. I'm the man. I'm the man. Don't tell me that I'm going to deny you. Not a chance. And then Jesus responded and he said this, Peter, you don't even know your own weakness. Before the rooster crows twice, you personally, Peter, are going to deny me three times. And Peter responded, whoa, and you need to remember this one. Peter responded, whoa, no, 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 no. I love you more than all of these other disciples. Now you wonder how the other disciples fell. I love you more than these. And even if they all, all 11 of them, not me, not me, not me. Well, this self-confidence was the downfall. This pride was the downfall of Peter. We know while Jesus was on trial... Caiaphas' house, the Bible tells us that Peter denied even knowing Jesus three times. And after the third time, the rooster crowed. The Bible tells us in one of the translations that when that happened, when Peter denied for the third time, he looked up and in Caiaphas' house, the high priest, Jesus looked at Peter. And the Bible says Peter went out and wept bitterly. Peter had failed. Peter needed a new beginning. Peter had blown it. Ever been there? Sure you've been there, haven't you? We've all been there. I'm going to give you six keys today as you're writing. You can write the first one, and it's this. Man's greatest need, man's greatest need is for forgiveness. Now, when Peter heard from Mary what had taken place, specifically that he had mentioned his name, I believe for the first time in days, Peter had some hope. Because Peter had been hurting. He thought failure was final. Peter needed reassurance. Peter needed a new beginning. Peter needed forgiveness of sins. You can picture Peter. When Mary came in and she said, the angel said, Jesus is alive, and he wanted me to come and tell all the disciples. And he looked, Mary looked right at Peter and said, and P Peter, he wanted me to tell you specifically. Wow. Do you mean I can have a second chance? You mean after what I did, is there hope that I'll have a second chance? Yes. See, Peter needed a new beginning. Peter needed forgiveness of his sins. Now, what a great message. I was listening to somebody today, and kind of a psychology preacher or whatever, and he said, what you need is this. The thing you need most in your life is a best, a one good best friend. 
Now, that's nice to have a best friend, but I want to tell you this morning, the most important thing in your life is not a best friend. You and I need a Savior. And that's who Jesus Christ is. Now, you say, well, what do you mean Peter needed forgiveness of his sins? What are you talking about there? A long time ago, 4,000 years before Peter was around, Adam and Eve were perfect. They were created in the garden to know God, to be in relationship with God. God wanted to know if they loved him because of him or because of all the good things in the garden. So he said to them, there's a tree over here. We use this palm. The tree of good and evil. You can have all the other trees, all the other fruit, but don't go to the tree. Adam and Eve, right to the tree. Just like us. And when they went there, before they went there, God said, if you go there, there's going to be some consequences. But they chose, listen, to do their own thing, to go their own way. That's sin. Sin is rebellion against God. Deciding that I know better than God, so I'll do my own thing. That's what Peter had done. Jesus, I won't deny you. Who are you kidding? I'm strong enough. So because of this, consequences came into the life of Adam and Eve. The first consequence is something we don't like to think about. When Adam and Eve sinned, because you and I are related to Adam and Eve, the sin was passed down in their genes to you and I. Do you know Adam and Eve wore genes in those days? Was passed to you and I. Here's the two consequences of sin. By the way, everyone is born a sinner. Here's the two consequences of sin. First of all, spiritual and physical death. Because of sin, man would die physically. One of these days, 100% of us in this room will die. No exceptions. The second thing was spiritual death. You remember in the garden, Adam and Eve were in perfect relationship with God. Sin destroyed that relationship. They were separated from God. So if you don't become right with God, you will die in your sins. You are separated from God right now, and we'll see some other consequences of those compared to religion. And I'm going to talk a lot about religion today versus Christianity, and there's a vast difference. So if you and I don't choose Jesus Christ and the cross and forgiveness of sins, we'll remain separated spiritually from God. And what spiritual separation is, we have another word for it. It's called hell. It means you will be separated from God forever. Now let me make it plain. In a few moments, I'm going to talk about religion. Religion is man trying to be right with God, doing lots of religious things. But the verse we all need to hear in the Bible, Jesus said it to a very religious man, Nicodemus. And I'm going to read it to you this morning. He said this, I tell you the truth. No one, no one, zero, can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. Born again is forgiveness. It's the work that Jesus Christ did on the cross. That's why we're here this morning. So Peter needed forgiveness. He needed a Savior. He needed to be born again. Now, life without Jesus leaves us guilty. You know the guilty feeling. Peter had been guilty. He denied the Lord. He knew it was wrong. He did it anyway. He fe- guilty is miserable, isn't it? You know what guilt is when you're driving in your car and you're going down the street and you're not paying attention to too much. You're just having a good time. You look up in the mirror and boy, you know who's behind you. 
And you go, oh man, and, and no light flashing yet, but you know who's behind you. Now what happens to your heart? Boom, down here it comes like that. And what happens to your foot on the gas pedal? Woo, we just lift it up. No way. Hey, you might have been going three miles an hour, but now you're going nothing because that's... Why do you do that? Not because you're guilty there, but because before you were what? Guilty big time. See, guilty's miserable feeling. And when we sin, God allows us to feel guilty. Guilt is important because it brings us to God. When we speak about guilt, let me give you the second point this morning. It's this. God's grace is greater than your sin. God's grace is greater than your sin. Grace is simply this, unmerited favor. Let me give you a little idea what I mean by that. You're driving 70 miles an hour in a 35 mile an hour zone. Now you do see the blue light. And it's not a Kmart special. <laughs> they come up to your car. And he opens the, you open the window and you go, man, I might as well get my wallet out right now. And the policeman says this, I'm in the grace. I'm just going to give you a warning. <laughs> Feel good? Woo, man, you go home, praise God. You're not a Christian and you're praising God. <laughs> you love it. Now, that's grace. Unmerited favor. You didn't deserve it, but you got it. By the way, normally that's not going to happen with a policeman. You're not going to find that. We have some of them here. They pro I don't care if they know you. You're not going to get it. Only the pastor might get that one. So. Oh, no. no, no. <laughs> Unmerited favor. See, Jesus went to a cross. And my sin and your sin caused him to die. And yet he went willingly because he loved us. That's grace. And his grace is greater than your sins. You see, God loved us so much, he, he wanted mankind to be restored again. He wanted mankind to know. He wanted Peter to know. Peter, you messed up. You blew it. But you can start again. I don't deserve to be forgiven. You don't deserve to be forgiven. Peter didn't deserve to be forgiven. But that's what grace is all about. A new beginning. Third thing I want you to write down this morning is this. Failure is not final. Now we know from 1 Corinthians 15 that on resurrection morning, after Peter and John went back to Jerusalem, sometime that early afternoon, Jesus came to Peter privately and had a session with Peter. Now, I want you to take your shoes off and put Peter's sandals on for a moment. What kind of meeting was that when Peter was standing next to Jesus? By the way, you think Peter found Jesus or you think Jesus found Peter? I believe Jesus found Peter. Some of you here this morning say, well, thanks about Christianity. When I'm ready, I'll come to God. No, you're mistaken. God loves you, but the Bible says you cannot come to God unless he draws you. That's why it's very important when you know that you're wrong and you should come to God. That's the day you should come. 
So I believe Peter was there, and I believe the old Peter would have went, Hey, Jesus, how are you? Man, good to see you resurrected. Now, what do you think Peter said on that day when he'd blown it? I believe he took his sandals off. I believe he bowed before Jesus. And I believe he said to Jesus, Man, you're right. I blew it. How could I have been so bold and so brash? And Jesus said, Yeah, I told you so, told you so, told you so. I'm through with you, Peter. That's it. I wish you'd have made the cut for the disciples. You know, I'm, I'm going to use the disciples in the book of Acts. And they're going to do great things for God. But Peter, it's over. The cut, you missed it. You failed three times, Peter. I tried to tell you, Peter, but you failed. Do you believe that's what Jesus said? No. I believe Jesus said to Peter, it's all right. You're forgiven. See, one thing you need to remember here, no man can forgive you, only God. I don't go to a man for forgiveness. I don't go to a pastor, a priest, a holy person. I go to God through Jesus Christ. That's the message of the cross. And Peter left that particular wonderful time with Jesus forgiven, forgiven. His sins were forgiven. Failure is not final. A new chance for Peter. Two facts. Number one, we are all going to fail God at times. We're going to sin. The question this morning is not, well, if I ever fail or sin, no, the question is, when I sin, what should I do? And there's only two things that I know to do when you sin, and they're simply this. First of all, ask forgiveness and receive it. And secondly, this is very important, learn from your sin. Why go through it again and again and again like the children of Israel? Forty years, learn from your sin. Peter is going to be a changed man. He's learned from his sin. He's forgiven. He's learned. And some of you are here this morning and you're like Peter. At one time, you used to know God. I mean, you come here faithfully to another church. You really knew God. You enjoyed studying the Bible. You were in fellowship with Him. But you've taken a detour. You've gone down the wrong road. And you're on this road and you're saying, well, how did I get there? I, often I have people come to the office and they counsel and they'll say to me after a disaster in life, how in the world did I get where I'm at? I used to know God. But I went down the wrong road and Satan's taken all kinds of things from and just brought all kinds of disaster. It was initially fun. You see, sin always leaves you guilty. What are you going to do with guilt? What are you going to do with guilt? Some of you are sitting here with guilt and it's miserable. Why are you sitting here with guilt today? You can come to Jesus for forgiveness. But you're obstinate. Peter realized he needed forgiveness. Peter realized failure was not final. And he came to Jesus. Jesus came to him and he said, If you'll forgive me, I'd like to start a new, a new beginning. In today's teaching from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 16, we got a picture of Peter's flaws. As Pastor Mark pointed out, they weren't much different from our own. Pride overconfidence to the extreme. Peter thought he could live a righteous life in his own strength. When Peter failed, we saw his guilt and remorse over it. 
He needed a new beginning, which would only come through forgiveness of sin and restoration to Jesus. Pastor Mark covered quite a bit in today's message. Perhaps you'd like to review. You can listen to today's message again by logging on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Just select today's date from the media player. Or you can also call us toll-free. The number to call is 866-779-3441 to place an order for a CD. Again, that number to call is 866-779-3441. Another way to get in contact with us is by email. The address is info at LessonsForLivingRadio.com. That's info at LessonsForLivingRadio.com. By far, the best way to stay current with everything that you hear on Lessons for Living is to subscribe to the podcast. Subscribing is easy. Just follow the link at LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Now be sure and tune in next time as Pastor Mark will continue to look at Peter's life as an example of how Jesus can forgive sin, restore relationships, and allow the past to be left behind. In that new life, we'll see how being good is not the objective. That's empty religion. And in trying to be righteous on our own, we'll fail. Pastor Mark will explain what Jesus wants for us and from us, knowing that we'll never be good enough. That's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in and may God bless you. And together, let's do life right.